right, let's do this. Wonky fights and all. Mm-hmm. You ready, Wonky? <laughs> She's on guard. Welcome. Up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, go. I'll shut up. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the twice-weekly podcast that occasionally, when appropriate, celebrates the podcast Too Beautiful to Live in the Adams Morgan neighborhood of Washington, D.C. in an echoey, sparsely appointed, IKEA-furnished Airbnb uh, in Washington, D.C. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchac, Texas, it's Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. It never echoes here because I'm surrounded on every side by yarn. Uh, I should have thought to pack yarn accordingly. Instead, <laughs> yeah, I, have, I should have thought to pack a room full of yarn. <laughs> I have a cheap pillow wedged behind my microphone as a baffle. It's not enough. Uh, in the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's uh, Anne with a Plan Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Bobby. You sound not echoey at all. I am not. Uh, in the Glassman Subaru Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, Glassman Subaru, we don't want to sell you a car. We want to help you buy one. It's Meredith, the MVH, Van Harn. Hey, Bobby. It's not echoey in here because I'm surrounded by cats. <laughs> a lot of I should have thought to pack cats. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do your week in review from the latest week of TBTL, unfortunately. Uh, but before that, we'll do some LRB business, some housekeeping after, and how you can get involved. Some order for that will be fine. Let's start with the LRB business, guys. We had a Friday show, a clip show, some of our favorite Friday shows uh, that Ann works so hard on and Christy comes in to help host often. This last one about TBTL Talks Candy. Uh, Thank God, not a clip show about my mother. Ann, can you tell us about it? (laughs) Well, if they talked about your mother more on TBTL, I could do a clip show about her. (laughs) I keep that in mind for my donor role later this year. Um, I was thinking last week about what to do for the clip show and I was really feeling uninspired and I have about six different topics in various stages of development and I wasn't feeling any of them. And then I thought, I'm just going to talk about candy. No, it's kind of a lame topic, but I enjoy it. And they actually have talked about it on TBTL a fair amount. So Christy and I whipped something up. It really satisfied all our wildest dreams of talking about what we really, really love for an extended period of time. And I thought it would be a quick show. I was like, ah, we'll spend 10 minutes at the top. We'll do some clip stuff. Ah, yeah, it was an hour and 40 minutes. Of course it was, because that's how we do. So we had a good time, and we got a suggestion from Lauren, who's always full of good ideas, uh, that we do a candy bracket challenge, a la March Madness. And Christy was into this. And so she has created a Google form that she posted on our Facebook page. And if you would like to weigh in and nominate different types of candy in the different categories that she's established, you should feel free to do that. And we're going to come up with some definitive answers that no one will be happy with uh, as to what is the best kind (laughs) of of different candies. (laughs) I've already submitted. And did they upset Christy, do you think? Or were these real uh, suggestions? 
Oh no, these were these are real. I, these are my my favorites, and and I I took a crap on a couple things, but not specifically yet. I'm gonna save that for the show. But seasonal candies are bullshit, in my opinion. They're usually bullshit. Yeah, like her opinion, you know, on her opinion on um on Thanksgiving, like if the food is so good, why don't why don't we have it year round? That's my thing about the candy. If if I'm not even gonna say it. Not gonna say it. I'll save it for the show. But there are specific holiday candies that are complete bullshit. And I gotta say this this week of TBTL was rough. Um and this candy discussion really um lightened it up for me. It it, it made my mm-hmm. week of podcast life really much more enjoyable because I've spent the last three days just thinking about candy nonstop. <laughs> and I, I haven't submitted mine yet because I can't decide. <laughs> which my favorites right. are, but it's been a really wonderful mental exercise. And um, it's it's taken all my willpower in the world to not go buy all the Skittles I can find. Because <laughs> that's all I can think about yeah, now. I stared at that form for quite a while when I had it up on the screen. There were a couple answers that I really struggled to, to you know, because I didn't want to commit, you know. Right. It's a hard choice. It all, you know? It's important <laughs> stuff. I know. Right. We're going to have to do a clip show about insulin after this. Sure. <laughs> All right. So you can go to Little Red Bandwagon on Facebook or probably the Stens page. We'll go ahead and post it there, too, for your survey uh, for the candy poll. We are hoping to, I think, launch a Sweet 16. Ha, ha, ha. That's good. For our brackets like for it. this. Uh, next in LRB business is just to note that I'm in Washington, D.C. As I mentioned, I'm here because Sam has a conference this week and I wanted to spend time with her. So I went where she was instead of Buffalo, hence my being in an echoey room. And I just want to put that in the clear because I'm not going to try to fix it when I edit the show. So I'm echoing. Sorry. Um, and before we get into the week in review, you had an experience this week that I wanted to talk about on the show because it's been a topic of conversation for a while now. And that is the virtue or lack thereof of movie theaters these days, because uh, some of us called out uh, Andrew for being Andrew about movie theaters, not wanting to pay more for nice seats, not wanting to pick a seat in advance because he wants to try to find the corner with the least number of people in it. Um, and, and Anne, you surprised us by sort of coming out on the Andrew side of things in that conversation and then to top it off, went to the movies this week. You went to see the Black Panther movie, TM. Uh, I did. And you, and you experienced a nice theater setup. Um, yes. First of all, I want to add a note to Emily, my friend Emily in Minnesota, who um, posted a couple of helpful thoughts on our Facebook page for me on how to enjoy the fancy theater experience. And she mentioned that she wasn't sure if they had uh, fancy theaters in the Rosedale AMC and Emily I just wanted to tell you they do uh, because that's where I went and I did not do it on purpose I was not meaning to go to a showing that had the fancy recliners and so forth but I got my times mixed up between which one was the fancy one and which one wasn't the fancy one. Oh no and then I got to the ticket window and he was like and you get to pick your seat and I went um, H11, and then we <laughs> were in. And I gave him my $16.50 on a Friday afternoon at 12.45, which just seems outrageous to me that you should pay that for a matinee. And I was off to the races at the Black Panther movie. 
So now I can't say that I haven't experienced. And let me let me preface this by saying nothing makes me sadder than to agree with Andrew on this because he is being such an Andrew. I don't want to join him on the faculty of no fun university. <laughs> right? But I don't know. The seats were very nice. They reclined. It was great. It was so loud that I almost wanted to be like my mother and put my fingers on my ears for the whole time. But, you know, eventually you adjust. Your your eardrums vibrate and you lose that little part of the audio spectrum. And then you're fine after that. Um, <laughs> but I really, really disliked the um, vibrations, the way that they shake the seats with the big explosions oh, and stuff. I've never experienced that. that. Yeah, they had the whole theater kind of vibrating with the big explosions and the jet engines of the futuristic spaceships, and I found it to be extremely distracting. Well, that would get, be no good if, if it was a food service place, you know, if, if the Alamo Draft House decided to shake your seat while you're trying to <laughs> sip your beer, that's problematic. Yeah, your $10 cocktail will fall off of your little table. <laughs> they're going to sell more drinks that way. That's what they're going for. But really more to the point, I think there is something wrong with my brain because I just don't think I enjoy going to the movies at all anymore. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing wrong with the Black Panther movie. It was a Marvel superhero movie. It was very well done. I thought the acting was great. I thought the casting was great. I really liked, you know, everybody's talking that it's a it's a black uh, led cast in fact it's almost exclusively black i think there's only two white people in it and that was fantastic and lots of strong women and it just all left me really cold like i was sitting there and thinking about the fahrenheit 451 of it all about how we have more and more spectacle and that goes for movies and that mm -hmm. goes for sports and that goes for tv and that goes for concerts and we're just becoming anesthetized kind of to the world and life and what's going on and it makes me really sad and then I feel bad because like why can't you just have something fun and, and enjoy it and then I think well maybe I should see my doctor and get my medication <laughs> increased or something but mm -hmm. I don't know it just it's all too much for me in this life there's my yeah. hot take Emily won't go to the movies anymore I mean unless it's Alamo I mean it, there's one in San Marcos too that's even nicer than Alamo where you can press a button at your seat for someone to come pick up your dishes or that always cracks me up when Cullen does that. He doesn't want his dish on his on his table one second more than when he's from when he's finished it. So he'll finish his food and then press the button for someone to come pick it up like very very king-like behavior. He takes his movies very seriously, doesn't he? And that, very and that, serious. That doesn't disrupt him in the movie watching experience to have a person walking around in front of him and taking his stuff away? No. In fact, he usually gets up two or three times during a movie to go to the bathroom. So hmm. he's, he's, he, he can take a disjointed experience and he'll probably go to the same movie three times anyway. So he's going to catch it later. I think like they're not making the kind of movies that I want to see. And I'm not quite sure what those movies are. We were talking a little bit I expressed how weary all the violence in movies make me. And um, and I don't know, because it's all, all the superhero movies are all about fighting and 
Lord of the Rings was all about fighting and Harry Potter to some extent was about fighting and everything is just about violence. And it goes on and on and on. And using violence to combat violence and it's 20 minute fights. And as you like to say, Mike, there's no practical cost to any of it. Yeah. And someone gets thrown into a building. The building is destroyed. uh, And you'd think that would end a fight when someone gets thrown into a building and it collapses on them. (laughs) That ends most fights. And my experience, the spectacular disregard for the laws of physics kind of bothers me. And so you say, well, Ian, if this doesn't do it for you, then go see the post or go see the fish sex movie or whatever. But (laughs) I don't know. It takes so much to get me out of the house. And I just don't enjoy it. Like I went to see Selma a few years ago when that was out and I cried four times during the the movie, including before the opening credits. So Mm. I can't. I can't take it. It's too much. I can't take the comic stuff and I can't take the real stuff. So I don't know what that leaves for me except to stay home and watch The Great British Baking Show and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And that's it. (laughs) I think what the listeners need to remember is that Anne doesn't drink like the rest of us do. And so the rest of us are just numb to most of this. You referenced Fahrenheit 451. At least you didn't reference Bukowski. Well, I haven't read any Bukowski. Uh, I would say keep it that way. Keep it that way, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Anne, for your postmort on your experience with the Black Panther movie. I know, it was very sad and very depressing, and it was really a fun movie if I was capable of having fun at movies. I do have one thought. Was the theater fairly empty at your early afternoon matinee? Mm, it was, yeah, pretty, pretty empty. It's a little bit hard to see in that theater right. since there's, you know, big railings, walls between every uh, layer of seats and it's arena style. So, But there were some kids in front of me. They must have been on spring break or something. There were some old people around me i would say like 25 percent capacity all right i think that might have been part of the room vibrating and shaking i mean these a lot of these are retrofitted theaters and said they were designed to have a couple hundred people fire hazard be damned wedged into seats together and now that there's so fewer people in them and so much more um, non-absorbent wall and floor space i think the sound just rattles through those theaters much more aggressively than it used to could be. And they're, prob- they're probably not turning down the speak. There's nobody sitting there. Like, there's no audio engineer thinking, oh, we better fine-tune this for the number of people in the room. What there is is a 17-year-old kid who just hits a button and then doesn't give a shit. So, And I'm super distressed to be having these reactions and thinking this way because I will remember for the rest of my life when the first Star Wars prequel came out, episode one, I was living with my parents or I was at my parents' house or something. And my mom said to me, let's go see the Star Wars movie on like opening day or something. And I was like, really? You want to? And so we went and it was so loud that she tried to get her money back. She said she didn't want to see it anymore and they refused to refund her money. So she came back and she sat in the theater and she jammed her fingers in her ears the whole time. And I was so embarrassed. So the idea (laughs) that I am turning into my mother in the same way is (laughs) deeply problematic. Now you've really hit on the reason most of us drank. (laughs) Turning into our our parents. parents. 
what kind of a shitty manager doesn't give someone their money back? I don't know. I mean, and why did she stay? That's terrible. Why not just leave? I, you're asking questions about my mother that I cannot answer. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith, I can answer that because she paid for it. She paid God for damn it, it. she's yeah. going to get yeah, her money. I would have done it too. <laughs> Uh, so, Anne, thank you for your guest lecture at No Fun sure, University. Sure. <laughs> I hope to get a permanent appointment. <laughs> and with that, we'll do our uh, week in review. I'm just taking a quick look at our throw your phone moments. Uh, there's one in general moment that I guess we can mention now. Unless somebody's more passionate about this, I'll read it from Heather. Uh, she writes, I'm well aware that this one is petty. That's okay, Heather, everything about TBTL is. I'm well aware that this one is petty, but on the subject of Waze, uh, uh, Waze Andrews says things oddly. He's got to stop saying the I-5. People in California say that. If he wants to claim rights to Seattle, he needs to just say I-5. There's no the. It grates on my ears every time he says it. More article talk from the man who went to the Black Panther movie. No highway hot takes. Uh, it's, that's right. I mean, he's got to stop that. <laughs> no I mean, arguing with Heather on that mm, one. Yep. The I five goes right by the U dub. <laughs> on your way to see the Black Panther movie. Mm-hmm. You nailed it, Heather. Uh, let's go to our weekend review. Started with Monday twenty five ninety four. Uh, pull it with butterfly wings. Can I stop right away and ask, does Andrew just not know that a pullet is a kind of chicken? Am I the only one that knows that? I did no. not know that. Huh. I did know it, but only because I used to get the dog food at the feed store. Yeah, and they would they would have the chickens, the live chickens. Yeah, a pullet is usually a, a young hen that hasn't started laying eggs yet. But it's a word, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, it makes the show title ridiculous yeah because it was perfectly cromulent until we knew that pull it was a word <laughs> i'm just irritated that we had to listen to that awful awful smashing pumpkin song yeah oh yeah i thought of you when that came on i was uh, like hey, meredith is not gonna like this i yeah, it, getting off to a bad start i couldn't get to the stop button fast enough in the essence in the uh, well, essence isn't the right word. In the spirit of taking lighter notes, here are my notes for Monday. Uh, Genevieve's 40th birthday was at the Eagles, and now that it has passed, we're allowed to know that. Uh, and the bittersweet moment at the Eagles was recognition of a Richard Sherman wallpaper fathead or poster something plastered to a the, wall. Why would he want to take it down? I mean, Richard Sherman exists as a, I mean, he was a Seahawk. You can't. I mean, it's fine. Leave it up. He had a great career with the Seahawks. You don't, oh, it, he broke up with my team. I hate him so much, you know. Don't people switch it's teams cut him out all, all the, the time? Team pictures. Yes. Why yes, is this such do. a big deal? I mean, I'm sorry, and sport people, cut him. but. Really? They cut him. He didn't yeah. leave. They yeah. cut him. On to our talented friends and family. There's conversation about Carrie, uh, who does copywriting for Mod Pizza, uh, and also who popped up in an Instagram picture for Mod this week, and somebody captured that and put it on the Stens page. Not weird. Uh, Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) 
and it was also noted that Stu has the same job for Surly Brewing, and we wonder if pizza and beer could ever coexist. It mm, doesn't sound good to me. Well, Meredith, how do you know until you try it? All right. <laughs> I, I'm not a big pizza and beer person. It's because when I'm eating pizza, I want all, a lot of room for the pizza in my pizza hole. And when I'm drinking beer, I, you know, I get full on beer really fast. So I can only drink a few beers anyway. So you combine that with pizza, it just ruins it for me. It's got to be water or soda or something with the pizza. Yeah, I'm more of a Totino's pizza rolls and whiskey guy. That's more of a <laughs> batch con a meal. Very specific. <laughs> uh, then we get weather talk. That's not worth talking about. Then we have Luke on weed pullers and general lawn care and organizing all of his lawn uh, tools and such. Andrew counters by letting us know that he pulled everything out of his kitchen cabinets and reorganized them. Can I ask a question? Do you want the answer? What is the purpose of this show? What is the purpose of TBTL? <laughs> if Luke starts a story by saying, this, something, this is something that is going to be interesting only to me and you, Andrew, and the listeners are going to hate it. Why... Why are we talking about it then? I don't understand if they make that statement. Why? Because the show is self-indulgent. That's why. <laughs> the fact that it was extremely interesting to many listeners is beside the point. You know, why, why would you introduce a topic on your show that you are fairly certain that absolutely no one is interested? Or is it just for foolish of me to ask this question at this point anyway? I I think he's kidding, though. I think he knows that people find him and his stories interesting no matter what they're about. I think he's half kidding, at least, when he says nobody's going to find this interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot of hyperbole in setting the bar low and being self-deprecating. And it's tough because even this week there was a reference on the show about wearing the mask long enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, becoming what you wear. And this is one of those examples where they just say so many times, oh, this is not interesting to anyone. They sort of make their point true sometimes. Um, I well, didn't particularly mind this conversation. No, in that not I at listened all. To, I, I listened to TBTL as a voyeur with bad taste. And so <laughs> eavesdropping on Luke and Andrew's conversations is fine for me. The uh, the conversation that they had about um, Luke's experiences with CBS, you know, that are going to happen on, on Tuesday, he also said, oh, this is probably deeply uninteresting to anybody. But that was the most interesting thing of the whole week for me. So he's rarely accurate when he says those things like that. The, the talk on Monday with the gardening and all that, that was pretty uninteresting to me. But then the CBS talk was interesting. So, I mean, I. He's unreliable when it comes to his own opinion about whether yeah. something's going to be interesting because you don't know. Everybody's different. I don't care about yard work. I do I do care about his career at CBS. I think he's going to be a big star. Yeah. I agree with the CBS talk. We'll do that more when we get there. Um, the top story, the man who knew too little, the man who set up, quote, the blockade to bar himself from absorbing any news the headline the headline of that story should have been this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's all needed to be said. Yep. Uh that's the the caption for every New Yorker cartoon, Christ what an <laughs> asshole. 
<laughs> yeah, this guy is one of those New Yorker cartoons. Yeah. We did get the uh, quote from the note or whatever, the missive that he sent his friend who was disrupting his process that he is quite officially cross with you. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> hey, I had said that we're officially cross with TBTL should be an early front runner for titles this week. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm down with that. And- yeah, maybe fit. <laughs> Anyway, we hold on emails and females. Shocker. Then we do a no point conversion. Mike, unless you have anything interesting to add here, I'll just hit the the highlights. Sherman mm-hmm. to the 49ers. Um, I believe it was Luke who said that Bill Cower can go piss up a rope. And then Andrew chimed in with electrified, which seemed unnecessary. Uh, Andrew is excited about Tyrod Taylor, our former Buffalo Bills quarterback, going to the Browns, but Luke doesn't care to discuss it, which I thought was actually unfortunate because it might be the most interesting thing to discuss out of everything that happened between these teams last week. Uh, Luke says the team shouldn't trade with the Patriots. (laughs) I've been down with that for a while. I've been saying that for years. If Bill Belichick wants one of your players, you should think about why. Yeah. Uh, and then Luke doesn't understand why the Mariners would sign Ichiro. Uh, tickets? Yep. Ticket sales? Clubhouse uh, yeah, leader? It's certainly, I mean, I don't even know if he's going to make it all the way through the season. This just may be in a couple homestands, a farewell, you know, Ichiro night sells out. Because mm-hmm. the Mariners' attendance is not fantastic, especially well, you know, in the colder Ichiro times of year. is old enough to be Luke's father, so... <laughs> Yeah, have we covered that on the show? He said that more than said once, that I think. A couple of times. And he's, what, two years older than Luke? It's early puberty. I mean, I know Maybe Luke had a child early, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> Luke, Luke has some weird ideas about how babies can be conceived. True. I think we've found that out. That's it for Monday. Did you want to do the throw your phones? They're both. Oh, they're oh. Both no oh. point related. I didn't want to talk about the no point. More than that. Uh, let's see. This is Stabmaster Arson, poor boy 18 at gmail.com. <laughs> I believe that's poor boy 18. Poor boy. It's, poor boy. Yeah, boy is capitalized. <laughs> that's the there. emphasis. Andrew talking about UW product, Danny Shelton getting traded from the Browns. I need to know when he's moving so I don't accidentally burn down the wrong rental property. Ouch. <laughs> wow. Should we Stab alert Mr. the Arson's FBI? Pretty mad. <laughs> I'm just curious. Um, I feel like your your passions are spread too thin if you're both a stab master and an arson. It's a real <laughs> hey. criminal polymath. Yeah. Uh, and then listener Michelle, TBTL no point conversion. I seriously don't get how much these two knuckleheads say or do. Or excuse me. I seriously don't get upset much uh, about what these two knuckleheads say or do. But for the love Luke has to stop talking NFL contracts, salary caps, and especially the NFL CBA. Oh, heck, if I'm making a wish list, sports betting, too. I have friends that have read the CBA (laughs) and are attorneys and football fans and struggle with all the loopholes and if-thens. P.S. Re-sports betting. It's called Vig or Choose. I promise no under-the-table sports book. He does it for fun. Oh, and Luke is a total homer. Uh, Yeah, he is. Michelle, I have advice Michelle, well said. I have advice well for you, Michelle. When they do the outro music at the end of Monday's shows, just just turn it off. <laughs> Get out. That's what I do. Just, hey, just I have a question. What? Why is it wrong to be a homer? Uh, it's not, except for when you 
try to present yourself as not a homer. Ah, Or if it manifests itself in in ways where, like, you think you're always getting screwed by the calls. Mm. You you know, like, like you you, you have blinders on, you know. You think, oh, those guys get all the breaks. Like, New England's so lucky. No, they're very good. And we are not as good, so we don't win. We don't go to the Super Bowl every year. New England is just adept at training and scouting and cheating. And until the other teams catch up in those departments, uh, that's... There's a little Buffalo Homer coming through on the last part of that. (laughs) (laughs) Very last part of that. (sighs) Let's let's move on. All right. Let's go to Tuesday, number 2595, Frighteningly Temperate, which was my favorite day of the week. I'm really happy that I got this as my day. Uh, there's some nonsense going on at the beginning because this is a Monday recording and they're trying to pretend like it's recorded on Tuesday and there's bad weather in the forecast and so they're pretending it's bad weather but of course they can't maintain it because they never do Um, and they're having to do this because Luke is going to interview the inventor of the waterbed today on Bainbridge Island and they talk about that for a while and how I don't know the inventor of the waterbed should be a guy wearing leisure suits with a porn stash apparently anyone else dubious about a an inflatable kayak oh yeah (laughs) seems like a pretty bad idea yeah you hit a little bit of reef there yeah there you go uh oh I'm wearing my kayak as I drown but it would be great for portaging if you had to Sure. Get out and hike for a while. You got your inflatable <laughs> kayak. That's got to be way easier. I can see oh, yeah. the utility there if you can avoid oh, there's a the sharp rocks. Tremendous advantage to that part of it. <laughs> yeah, I right. just never run into anything ever. <laughs> Considering how much I hate waterbeds, I'm not going to check this out for my future kayak needs. Hmm. I'm not yeah, on board the, with what this guy's got for sale. The inflatable kayak is filled with air. If it was filled with water, then I'd be really worried. <laughs> All right, but that's mostly uninteresting. I'm sure we'll see it on CBS Sunday morning, and it will be a very charming story, and Luke will be lying on the waterbed with the guy. That leads into a lot more CBS talk, and while Luke was spending the week there, last week he was doing some of those commentary recordings in something that he calls the Flash Studio. Mike, do you know why it's called a Flash Studio? Is that a thing, or is that just a CBS thing? Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's something that they put in all the big modern places now, where you go in and everybody shares the same green screen technology in the oh. whole building or something. Sure. Because if you've seen his commentaries, it it's, it looks like he's in front of a green screen. So is this like mm-hmm. the um, confessional on a reality show? Yes. Like you're in just a but little bigger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone's asking you leading questions about mm-hmm. how you feel about this person. Right. Yeah. Well, he was so into recording his commentaries and having fun with the crew that was there that he actually forgot that the entire building can watch the recording on monitors. And so the big boss of Sunday morning came by to Luke's temporary office later to say how much he likes getting that sense of Luke's personality in the commentaries and he wants to see more of it in the news pieces and that 
takes them in to talk about how Luke can inject his personality into some of this stuff when he's still kind of learning the ropes of TV production and TV commentary and hosting and reporting and um, and how he's sort of learning to, I guess, take more ownership and more authority and tell them this is the way I want to do it and not say, okay, when the producer says this is the way I want to do it. And they talk about Meryl Marco. I have absolutely no idea who Meryl Marco is other than them talking about her on TBTL. So this is all kind of lost on me. But Andrew's comment is that Luke should just Meryl Marco it up. Like he was forced to at New Hampshire Public Radio when he had to go in for um, practice for doing pledge drives before they allowed him on air. And Luke was like, yeah, I would never do practice sessions because I'm a jackass. And uh, and they told Andrew that he should be more like John, whoever John was. Just be more like John. Trust us. You won't actually sound like John, but you'll get better energy. And that's his advice to Luke, that he should Meryl Marco it up. So all of this is just totally uh, something that I don't. I mean, I get the sentiment, but the people that they're talking about here are not helpful in the illustration process of this talk. I've seen some of her stuff. I I don't know whether she was married to David Letterman or they were just life partners for a long time. But she's a comedian and and uh, and just had a she had a sensibility. She was always to the side of the joke, just kind of like Letterman was, just always kind of smirking, not really telling the joke, but just being to the side of it. And Luke has the same sort of um, I don't know smirky way, like a, an angle at the story, you know, not just reporting the story, but, but, uh, giving your angle. And I think the more Luke acts like he does when he's in front of the crowd at live wire, if he can take that to CBS because he's really at ease and he knows mm-hmm. everyone likes him. But on the CBS things, he seems like he's just tentative about that. He's like, what if nobody likes me? Well, you know, they're going to like you just let it out. You know, or they just won't know what the his piece. boss was saying. If if these uh, stories about CBS have, have resonated with me in any particular way, it's that they are not afraid to throw a lot of money at putting together a piece that they just won't oh, air boy. if it doesn't work. I mean, I know, it's crazy. I, I, I'm pretty sure we still haven't seen the one that they sent him to Puerto Rico for. Right. Oh, yeah. They, they sent him all over the globe for that fucking story. And I didn't. it didn't make any sense to me to start with. So maybe they're waiting for springtime or summertime because that was mm-hmm. the... But, you know... <laughs> It amazes me. His hair is going to look completely different by the time it comes right. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he just has to use more topic, and then everything will be fine. That would be funny. He should do uh, the. He should do a CBS commentary wearing the laser ball this helmet. Oh my god! Interviewing the, the creator. Can of topic. you imagine how many clicks that would get? I mean, people would go nuts for that. A, a story on CBS about a laser baldness yeah. helmet? Come on. They'd sell a lot They'd of laser baldness helmets no matter what. He but. could get upgraded from being the official CBS Sunday morning Mo Rocca was unavailable correspondent to CBS Sunday morning midlife crisis correspondent. Yes. <laughs> he can aspire to become the Bill Geist of CBS morning <laughs> correspondents. <laughs> Um, but I do think, I agree with you, Mike. I think that this was the most interesting stuff of the week for him to talk about this and his learning process and sort of figuring out his steps through the TV business. I'd like to hear more. 
about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, top story for the day is something about Bon Jovi and how an old Bon Jovi album went to the top of the charts for one week because they bundled it with tour tickets. <laughs> and Luke is just unable to understand that the next week their album sales for that one old album would drop to below 5,000. Well, it's uh, diabolical because everybody hates the new music of your favorite old band. Everybody hates it. How do we make them buy it? Oh, here we go. They want to come take a stroll down memory lane at a Bon Jovi concert. Well, it's going to cost you $120 plus our new music that you're now going to buy and never listen to. Well, when you put it that way. It's fantastic. That's how they get you. I love that story. It's like they learned nothing from that U2 debacle where they forced us to all own that U2 album. That's great. That's right. This is just like any other concert. I'm going to go to the bathroom while that CD is delivered. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, God. I don't recognize this at all. I'm going to go get a beer. It's not off of Slippery When Wet. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Right? Right. Uh, Then they talk about this Wired article. I I felt like they didn't fully develop this conversation about the rise of daily news podcasts and in particular the daily and whatever that one that Vox just started. And I I think the only thing that we need to take from this is that Luke is really annoyed that he does not get credit for having a daily podcast for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mostly because they... Except for the organization that picked it up and decided to pay him and Andrew full-time salaries to keep making it because of them doing it. I think that's the best kind of recognition is a paycheck. (laughs) Right. But nobody's writing articles about him in Wired. So. (laughs) Um, And that was the end of the episode. And it was really great. (laughs) And I didn't hear anything else after that. (laughs) And And I think it was at this point. Yeah, I'm literally going to let you take this, Bobby. Yeah. That I had offered to just step in because um, this this really sort of rocked us Tuesday, and I I listened to this Tuesday night, and then was mad, and then I got over it a little bit, and then everybody else listened to it, and we had a conversation about it, and in the course of that conversation, I got mad all over again, <laughs> <laughs> and I suspect that Andrew's behavior at the end of this episode had a lot to do with him just being not careful with his emotions. Uh, And I'm not sure that in hindsight, he would have said all these things and put them on the show. Although I did also make the point that they recorded this on Monday and it dropped on Tuesday, which meant he had 24 whole hours to go cut it. Maybe we Mm -hmm. should clarify that what we're talking about here is that Andrew is upset that some people think that commercial talk doesn't belong on TBTL, that it should be relegated to after these messages. Yep. He thinks it's um, an insult. And at one point he said, but then backpedaled an insult to Genevieve. That, That's um, amazing. That, that ATM should be looked at as a sort of sub-podcast of TBTL and that it's not and that it's its own thing. And I want to clarify, and I know he'll never hear this. And I'd like to make the point that I am often the one in our group who defends Luke and Andrew for being Luke and Andrew more than most people. Yes, people you do. People complain that, that Andrew is not Jen or that the show isn't what it used to be. And I'm usually the first one to chime in and say, this is the one that got picked up 
by APM. This is the version of the show that's been more successful than the others. This one's been around longer than anything else. So even if we don't necessarily like every bit of it, we should remember that what they're doing is clearly resonating with someone somewhere or else they wouldn't still have jobs. But Andrew, you're a fucking asshole. (laughs) We're not mad because we think ATM is a sub podcast of TBTL. We're mad because TBTL is your day job and you put more effort into ATM than TBTL. And we know this because you don't read the articles for TBTL top stories but you talk about ATM shit because that's the stuff in your brain because that's what you've been working on. So fuck you. We know that because he tells us constantly. Right. Which is also a little bit insulting. To those of us who pay for TBTL. Yeah. Some of us a lot. And With little to no recognition, some of us. (laughs) I mean, not that that's a sore point for you, Meredith. No, not at all. But my point about commercial talk on TBTL is I... I'm in the camp that I don't prefer to hear it, but it's not because I think, oh, you should keep the commercial talk on ATM. It's because I think they do so much better of a job on ATM of talking Mm -hmm. about commercials because they're both prepared. Genevieve always has something interesting and insightful to say, and Andrew's clearly thought about this carefully, and they talk about it, and then he brings it up a couple of days later with Luke usually and he says the exact same thing and Luke has no cogent thoughts to add on that because he usually is responding purely on emotion to commercials and he doesn't have any good points to make and it's boring and I would much rather listening listen to Genevieve talk about it than Luke well I I know Bobby was mad when he listened and then he got mad again later um I didn't listen to that show until uh, much after y'all had listened to it. So I was pre-mad. Uh, <laughs> and then after I listened to it, I wasn't quite as mad because mainly, I mean, Andrew should not have snapped the way he did. But I will say that the suggestion that they should never talk about commercials just because Andrew has this other podcast is ridiculous. I mean... Luke watches commercials. He likes commercials. If it comes up in the conversation, he, he should talk about commercials. Sure, absolutely. So so the re, the way the conversation started, you know, I thought it was reasonable to bring it up. And, and he could have addressed it by saying, well, you know, I, I, I'm not going to do that. And that's because I like hearing Luke's take on these things. And to say that it was insulting to, to Genevieve was a leap. I, I tried to make that leap. I... I really, really tried to find one way you could make that connection, and I couldn't. And that, at the very least, should have been cut out of the show. Well, that it, sentence that he said. It's offensive to Samantha that you couldn't figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's stomping around here because... <laughs> Come on, now. I, I, the part that really killed me about this conversation, and I really do suspect that um, if if we were able to talk to Andrew about this if we could and I know we can't because there's a glass wall of emotion between us and Andrew but if, if we could have a conversation with him I think he would regret the subtext here my my problem is that he is mad at listeners who are at least theoretically listening to both TBTL and after these messages part of that gripe is about people who are sort of getting repeated content because they listen to both 
And can mm-hmm. you imagine a bigger P1 than someone that's listening to all Andrew content being produced today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go to yell say, at them. Yeah. Fuck you, people who put more time and effort into my shows than anyone else. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I I did have a text exchange with Andrew the other night, and he was he was sorry about it, but yet he still had all that time and didn't cut it. So. Yeah. Can I toss in these couple of throw your phones that we got because I think they were um, pretty well said, pretty important from Caleb. He said, "Not oh, yeah. enjoying discussions about advertisements ninety percent of us haven't seen is insulting to Genevieve." Jesus fucking Christ! Sorry, <laughs> Aiden. <laughs> Very succinctly put. And then we got one from Fred that really jived with how I was feeling about it. And Fred says, I just got done listening to 2595 and I'm sitting here in stunned silence. Andrew actually berated listeners because they don't like TV commercial talk and they feel it would be better if that stayed on ATM. I'm one of those listeners that feels that way, but I've never voiced my opinion about it. And yet I feel like I've been personally attacked by my imaginary friend. I see no feedback about this on the Stens page. Am I the only one who feels that way? I was actually surprised that we didn't get more feedback about Mm -hmm. this on the Stens page, except for the fact that everybody... I don't know, is so afraid of saying anything that will lead to another tirade on the show. Mm-hmm. Or on the Facebook page. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, no one likes to get told off by their friend, imaginary or not. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, the that's not the right content for the Stens page, though. The Stens page is for, let's see what we got here. Um Simpsons memes about steamed hams being at the front of the forehead. Landiager uh, talk. Somebody, yeah, a Landiager. Alternative. Hey, look, they sell Landiager at this store. <laughs> Fish oh, sandwich you know, so. timing. Yeah. Are we yeah, still on that? So. Menu pictures. Yeah. It's, I don't uh, blame Andrew for having these feelings. I mean, obviously, just because he has a podcast about commercials doesn't mean that he shouldn't be able to talk about it anywhere else. But I think <laughs> yeah, it's like a lockdown way, agreement. <laughs> the way that he addressed it was really unfortunate that he was uh-huh. very, very aggro or excuse me, aggra with the listeners who. Oh, thank you for really... saving us so much time there. I know. <laughs> Get to brunch that much quicker. People who didn't deserve that. And I think it's unfair of him to go on what is a private fan site and eavesdrop on what other people are saying in their private opinions about the show and then uh, get upset about it and address it in a very I, I don't know way. if I agree that he shouldn't be on the Stens page, but it, it, he's, his skin is clearly so thin. And that's kind mm-hmm. of a, th- a theme this week. If he can't handle what people are saying, if he can't handle feedback, maybe sometimes it's not always delivered in the most constructive way. That's true. Mm-hmm. But then then he shouldn't be there. You're totally right on that. Like he should he should exile himself from it if he can't handle it. And if it's going to lead to outbursts from him on the show about our opinions. You know, I, I just think that maybe he should uh, cut the cord on that one. All right. Shall we move on? Well, we are here. Yeah. <laughs> and it does get better. I mean, I won't say quality better, but we, the, well, let's pull the nose up on the negativity train. <laughs> I was in a really weird place when I was taking notes for Wednesday, number 2596. How many cocaines did you take? I was sitting in the driveway at the Kyle house 
waiting for a plumber to show up to uh to to take a toilet out and then for some tile guys to come take out some tile because we're having this foundation repair but i was in a really weird place because they're not doing the repair to our liking so um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on it's pretty emotional you know and so i'm sitting and these guys are like an hour and a half late so i'm already in a bad mood mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm in a bad place so if i'm negative on wednesday it's it's probably due to me luke is in bellingham andrew's officially excited uh they're officially moving he's excited to be moving at the end of March. And then he gives a lot more specific details about the businesses across the street and yep. next to them. <laughs> so like, we can find him. He's just dying. To, if Genevieve knew how much, how many specifics he was giving out, she would not be happy. She would actually that. be offended about something. She would be offended. <laughs> legitimately. Well, not legitimately because I think it doesn't, nobody really cares and no. nothing's going to happen because the tens are nice people. But, um, but yeah, it, it would be against her wishes, is what I would say. Uh, they t- they say that they're going to do a Hey Dummies on Facebook Live. That's going to happen on Wednesday, which will be two days from the from when this is released, um, at about two ish West Coast time. And they they want some questions in advance, and they will also be taking questions live during the during the feed. Um, that's kind of rough for East Coast people. Don't yeah, you think? Yeah, that's very early. Yeah. On it's, a weekday, I mean, it, it's it'll be like five p.m. before getting to rush hour time. Yeah, all the East Coast people are going to be maybe leaving work or in transit or whatever. It mm-hmm. just seems like uh, they're not going to get to participate. Whatever, you just throw Facebook week. Live up on your phone in your car mount while you're in traffic, and uh, you know. But I have to press those heart buttons, Bobby. Heart, 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 heart. <laughs> yeah, that's a angry big, face, that's a angry big part face, of it. angry face. I'm trying to think of a question I can ask, but um, I don't know. If I remember to get in there, I'm definitely going to ask, ask a, a really stupid question. <laughs> um, they, they talk about, and I've noticed this too, uh, a lot of artists as they age, they put out hacky uh, kids material, either albums or children's book. Nothing makes my eyes roll harder than hearing someone just too famous to be on a certain show and then they start they start talking about the children's book and you go oh (laughs) yeah here we go (laughs) natalie merchant how you doing um i didn't like natalie merchant when she was actually putting out adult (laughs) material yeah oh i don't watch some natalie merchant adult material though (laughs) (laughs) um you don't want a book for your ten thousand little maniacs that would be that would be a great porn. Natalie Merchant and the Ten Thousand Maniacs, Little Maniacs, Midget. No, sorry, Little People porn. Anyway, um, I'm getting sidetracked. Not, but not as sidetracked as the guys did when Andrew decided to start playing his playlist of '90s female music artist ladies, which went on for roughly an hour. Yeah, felt that way. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, some of the music is good. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to discount that. I, I liked some of those songs too, but to be that focused on that particular kind of music for someone like Andrew, it just smacks of someone who couldn't get a girl to talk to him during that time frame. What do you so mean? So to hear a female's on, voice on that kind of music of girl music, that's singing with baby voices, <laughs> but she says oh, a bad word. God. So it's weird. 
You know, I recently had a a, jewel CD ever made. Yeah. Um, I reconnected with a friend from high school not too long ago, and he was telling me that, or middle school, and he was telling me that all the guys in our grade started listening to Tori Amos so that they could know what to talk to us about. And I thought that was the cutest (laughs) and most misguided thing I'd ever heard in my life. Like, I still don't understand what Tori Amos is talking about. That's not going to help them understand us. I think that that might be part of it. Like, I, I was too simplistic. It's like Andrew couldn't get a girl to talk to him or kiss him, so he's going to listen to all these songs. But, but yeah, he might have been looking for looking for, for a way in you know? or something. Yeah, yeah, right. Any one of these songs were fine on their own, but when you have forty five minutes of them stacked back to back, I was just like, oh mm-hmm. no, no! Yeah. I want to hear actual women saying actual things, not little girl baby voices. Mm-hmm. So I like some of this music, not all of it. I have a spot in my heart for that era because it was a, you know, childhood years. I'm mm-hmm. a little younger than Andrew, but I don't know. I like it. Uh, and I like that he actually posted the link to the Spotify playlist to the Stens page. Mm-hmm. And I will probably pull some of it for trivia and have fun with it. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I could have done without the hour long uh, tour through it on the show. But I'll defend some of the music. I mean, as as light '90s, you know, yeah, singer songwritery, whatever. I'll put it on in the uh-huh. background. No, I get it. I mean, I, I like some of the music too. Like I was in I was in prison during a lot of that era, and and when you know female voices would come on the radio, I'd be like, <laughs> yes, the lady's talking to me. I, I don't let think me for clear. me, it... I don't. Yeah, let me be clear. I don't have any problem with any of those songs per se. Right. I just don't like that style very much as the the little girl manic pixie dream songwriter i i don't know i think it's kind of weirdly marginalizing to only listen to women that sound like that yeah all right yeah i wouldn't make an exclusive diet of it that's for sure yeah courtney love comes up because of because she was a female singer in the 90s and that not leads a to manic playing... dream girl. No, just like to say. No, no, she's not that. It leads to Luke playing a uh, video of a uh, Kurt Cobain conspiracy theorist from Public Access uh, back in the '90s. Made made little sense then, and made even less sense to play in 2018. Um, Andrew has some weird idea that he thinks older men are always giving younger women nicknames. I, I shouldn't say weird idea. I just said he has the idea. And then let me ask the rest of you. Is this a thing that you've experienced or seen? Not that I've experienced. Um, I feel we like did Andrew's give you a nickname. Really? <laughs> I asked for a nickname. Yeah, it's true. That's really, <laughs> it's very empowered um, of you. Yeah. I don't consider, I mean, Mike, you're old as dirt, but I don't consider you a creepy old man. <laughs> give I don't me time. know why. <laughs> I don't know why either I should. But. <laughs> yeah, I just talked about Natalie Merchant porn. Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> I do. I don't have a nickname per se from older men so much, but there are some of the guys on the the cruise, like on the pipe fritter cruise that like call me Darlin, which is not oh, yeah. Like super awesome, but because they wouldn't call any of the men at the office darling. But I don't. I mean, I let it go because what are you going to do about it? It's fine. 
It means that they like yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to pick your battles for when you feel like it's actual disrespect from someone yep. who doesn't like you. Oh, okay. I'm, yeah. It's, uh, Bobby, you'll, you'll learn when you're my age. You'll just start flinging nicknames at ladies everywhere. It's just whenever I'm not dropping spoons. Yeah. The other, uh, the other thing that comes out of this is uh, the word penchant leads to Luke talking about Dr. Evil. And I didn't think about this. Luke had a good point. Um, Dr. Evil was the funny part of oh, those God, yes. movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that before. I was like, I was sitting through the, the other stuff to get to the Dr. Evil stuff. But um, that was a blinding glimpse of the obvious for me. Uh, top story, Stephen Hawking dies. Luke plays almost in its entirety a, a Simpsons episode <laughs> in which Stephen Hawking appears. That had to be a big one for you and Bet, Bobby. Well, I mean, yeah, but at that point, I'd rather just go back and watch that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right. you know what? The uh, the podcast re-airing of that episode of The Simpsons is missing is all of the visuals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of visual jokes in The, in, in the Simpsons. So. Yeah. was funny, though. Homer's pretty yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's all I had for Wednesday. Uh, right about right about now is when the um, plumbers finally showed up. So we're done with Wednesday. Okay, Thursday, twenty five ninety seven, Kiki's Corner. This was a highlight of the week for me because yep. we get a visit from Christina from APM, and uh, she's apparently been waiting, poor girl, in a conference room for Luke to get his shit together. Um, so they can call her and talk to her about her various nicknames, including Tina, T, Meat. Uh, and then there's Lil Meat, which is her niece, and Baby Meat, which is her brand new niece. Um, those are a little creepy. Um, Chrissy Chris, Kiki Lolo is what they finally settle on. And then she talks about Titi Tina a little bit, which was really, really cute. Um, talking about her her family. So she was she was wonderful. I loved her um, uh, her Brooklyn accent. When she turned it on. I actually, I rewound it and re-listened to it because it was so good. And I don't typically do that with anything on TBTL. She does a really good Rosie Perez. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mookie! Yeah, she was good. (laughs) So she was wonderful and I hope she's back on the show. slightly less good. Yeah. (laughs) Rosie Perez. We can leave it to Christina. Um, It's always nice when there's a woman on the show. Um, and I think mm-hmm. it seems like maybe they've been making a conscious effort to do that more, uh, to have women yeah. guests on, which is really nice. Um, they move on to talking about, um, I think because they started talking about Legion coming back on and couples TV watching and, and, and the, the things you have to go through to watch a show with your significant other versus watching a show that only you are watching and how to dominate the TV and what and Andrew's finally going to have two TVs in his new apartment because he's got a three bedroom. Uh, and he worries that he's not going to be spending enough time with Beebs. Um, and he thinks that might be, you know, that could be the beginning of the end if he's not careful about his TV watching. So I don't know. I, I Duff always had really terrible taste in television. <laughs> I couldn't watch. I didn't even want to sit mm-hmm. in, in the room and watch the garbage he was watching. So I would go well, do my own wait, thing. Give so. us some examples. I want to know. Um, He watched every... um you know, um, mystery procedural show, all the CSIs, all the SVUs, all the SUVs, all the, um, uh, he watched suits, um, you know, anything from TNT, uh, you know, just kind of all these third rate garbage shows. Yeah. 
uh, and just enjoyed them all. And I just couldn't participate. So maybe that's why we couldn't stay together. (laughs) (laughs) Emily watches a lot of crime shows, you know, but the true crime stuff. And I can I can sit through those. And sometimes I'm interested, like if it's the the um, friend of Christie's or whatever, you know, or it was something related to somebody I was in jail with or whatever. I I'm very interested and I can sit through those things in the same room with her, but I draw the line when it comes to zit videos. <laughs> Ugh, she watches those. <laughs> yeah. But fortunately she usually watches them on her iPad, but I think I've to- told you guys this before. She's a uh, quote unquote, accidentally thrown it up on my screen across mm. the house oh, from sure, YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I can never forget those few seconds. And she did it again when we were here. I purposefully avoid those videos because they're so nauseating well, to me. Phyllis turned her on to them, and, and now she watches them every night before she goes Ooh. to sleep. That's her last thing that she watches. Is that weird? <laughs> it sends her off into dreamland. Yeah. Whatever works. She likes them. Ugh. Okay, we move on to talking about the videos that we are all forced to watch uh, about... Uh, they call it harassment training. I don't think they're training to harass. I think they're training uh, <laughs> anti-harassment. Um, and how badly they're produced because nobody wants to really spend money on these things. They're all terrible. Um, the one I have to do for work is terrible. Although at least it's not an animated video. It's like a slideshow. I have to basically go through a PowerPoint presentation and answer some questions about where is it appropriate to touch your coworkers and when. <laughs> Nowhere and never, the end. The bathroom in the stall <laughs> early in the morning. Yeah, Charge we actually there. just got this laid on us at work, too. Um, they said it's going to take at least an hour to an hour and 15 minutes to complete. And wow. I'm quick on these things, and it took 55 minutes. And the, wow. the second half was pretty damn boring. I mean, we're a university, so we have... Some additional things that we have to talk about, especially, you know, if a student needs to talk to somebody and approaches you, what should you do? Tell them that you have to report it to because of Title IX compliance and all that stuff. But And then I uh, went and I punched my coworker on the arm on Thursday and I said, I'm sorry, I just watched the harassment training. And he said, well, it wasn't <laughs> sexual harassment, so it's OK. So I think we all <laughs> took all right, the darling. right lessons. He didn't like mime boobs at you with his hands? No, no. I just punched <laughs> him because I wanted to. Yeah. All right. We get an email from a really unfortunate listener who tells a story about having to unclog a person's toilet in that hotel while they were there watching and did not turn off the water. So there was still water and other stuff flowing out of the toilet. I'm really no. impressed, though, that she had the forethought to put bags over her sandals. That's that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very smart. This, uh, this person who clogged the toilet, they should have been peeling off 20s like they were oh, yeah. making it rain at the club mm-hmm. while, while backing out of the yeah. room and leaving forever yeah. and melting into the bushes like Homer. And never coming back to that hotel or that chain no. ever yep. again. No. Yeah, you just take your suitcase and disappear. Yeah. Might kill my. I might kill myself too. I might take it all the way and just go ahead and kill. <laughs> you myself. pay double for your room. You leave them thousands of dollars as a tip, and you never come just back. Go drive off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And then we get a voicemail from Amy, 
our friend Amy, about Dolly Parton. She's doing some really fun sharpshooting about where Dolly Parton was born, and then they go off on a tangent about it. Is it Sevier County or is it Locust Ridge? Um, but there's no question that Luke called it Pigeon Fork instead of Pigeon Forge. <laughs> And Luke says that he'll allow Amy to embarrass him in this way because her kid is adorable. Um, Amy, it appears, didn't realize that she had been banned from the show and she's been continuing to listen. So she's in violation. Well, now she knows just how wrong she was on her sharpshoot that Luke and Andrew have corrected her. (laughs) (laughs) Completely incorrectly. Yeah. I was embarrassed for them. Yeah. That was embarrassing. Yeah, Yeah. I would never go against Amy on anything having to do with that part of the country. No way. Yeah. Kid is adorable, though. Yeah, she really is. Uh, I really lost the thread on the rest of this episode. I was—I promise I was listening and I was trying to take notes, but I got so bored. They were talking about cave diving and then something about a store, and that's really all I can tell you. (laughs) Sounds right to me. Okay. I guess since we didn't assign Friday... Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Gotta get down maybe, on Friday now. Maybe we should tell people what the thought process All right. was. <laughs> We're calling it what was it, just grab bag Friday or something? Mm-hmm. Yes. So since it's... there's four of us this week and we each took a day, we sort of figured for Friday we would just work with whatever we remembered as a group happened. We're recording on Saturday, so this was just yesterday's show. Yeah, and um, I listened to it literally like three hours ago. <laughs> and I barely remember. I remember Yusef. Yeah, I punched in a couple of like high level, just quick notes. Yeah, Yusuf. Yusuf sounds charming, and he Luke does. is trying to stalk him. Oh my god, that was, I was uncomfortable. Yeah, Luke turned that into something weird and creepy that could have been so cute. He did. What What struck me is that he never really asked the guy if he could use his picture in a presentation that he was going to show to a bunch of strangers. Mm-hmm. Like that would be my first mm-hmm. step. Hey, this is my thought. What do you think about me using your picture on his presentation? He was just like, send me a picture. <laughs> send me a video. I would just pull a picture, you know, from online or something and said, this is Yusuf, you know. Right. Well, he said that pick, it was a, a bad smiling picture. Fellow. He said the lift yeah. picture was really bad, but couldn't he take a still from the, the, the video, misinformed right. video? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought, too. Or just not use video. Just tell a story. Or just come up with a different, <laughs> a different uh, speech. Or just... Or, just use a picture of a random person you got off the internet. Yeah, I had that thought as well. Yeah. <sighs> Just picture theater of the mind. He talks for a living. He doesn't need a picture. This is his story. So that was Yusuf. Uh, there was also a conversation about uh, Farhad. Oh, you know what? No, I did want to bring something up. about. I've been in so many lifts lately between going back and forth between airports and things. And I'm, I hate to be this guy. And Mike, you've been a Lyft driver, so maybe you can tell me if you hate this guy. Um, it's like a 20-minute drive to the airport. I'm usually trying to finish up a project. I almost always end up pulling out my laptop and working for 10 minutes. That's fine. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. Is it rude to not talk to your rideshare driver? No. It's rude to not talk to them if they've if they've spoken to you. Yeah, to <laughs> just that, not yeah. acknowledge them or treat them like a human. But you can sit in a cot. You can say hello. How are you? 
and then get yeah. to work, just be a nice person and, and keep to yourself. I've done, I've done either extreme, you know, I've, I've said hello and then not spoken another word mm-hmm. until goodbye and thank you. Or I've talked to them the whole entire way. It kind of depends on how your personalities mesh and what mood you're both in and how long your ride is. Like, I don't think it's just don't be rude. And then it's not rude. Also, I've had the same passenger in completely different experiences. Like, you know, this time they're busy or they're on the phone. And then the next time we chat the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's fine. Just don't be a dick. Um, Sam doesn't take Lyft a lot. And she did the other day and she sat up front and I just oh. looked at her and I said, Whoa, what are you doing? And she said, no, nah, it seemed cool. The seat was set up that way. And isn't that how Lyft kind of started? It's like, you're just buds. Right. Exactly. It's, you're supposed yeah. to be doing a favor. For I don't a like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not sitting in the front seat. <laughs> I actually, a lot of people do, though. Yeah, I asked the guy the last time I took a lift. I said, am I supposed to sit in the front or the back? I'm not quite sure how this really works. And he said, either way is fine. Whatever you prefer. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, that's great to know. I think I've sat in the front yeah. if the car was full, you know, if it was a group of people. And that's sure, how many sure. seats there are. But that's the only scenario where I would sit in the front. I almost complained about a, a lift driver once. It was an Uber driver, actually, because I went to get in the front seat because I'm 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 a jerk like that. And there was a bunch of like wrappers and stuff on the, yeah. on the on the seat, and so I, I got in the back, and I'm like, I don't know, uh, it doesn't seem like a five star Uber performance there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I sit in the back seat, but I take a minute to introduce myself and to hand my driver his hat and his his matching jacket. <laughs> and then at the end of the ride, Shut I up. recollect those things back from that driver. Sure. Well, I just get a little as concerned. he lets you out of the car. <laughs> I just get a little concerned when they start talking in this vein about how it's rude to not talk to your Uber driver or whatever, because I'm just not a person who talks easily with strangers. And I just tend mm-hmm. to be quiet, whether it's the Lyft driver or a new hairstylist or the cashier at the grocery store. I just I just don't. So. Mm-hmm. It's good to know that I'm not just a rude person because I'm uncomfortable with making small talk. You're fine. On the haircut front, um, a woman cutting my hair at Supercuts, the tip will go up or down depending on whether or not she asks me why I don't have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It is inevitable. I'm impotent, goddammit. Leave me alone. Why are you asking? Why do you about bring my, this up every time? My sex life, right? Well, this is the problem. So, uh, the the one near the house in Pawtucket, all of the girls who we liked there have all left. I shouldn't say girls; I should say women. But early twenties, you know, they don't darlings, s- right? Exactly, darlings. <laughs> Thank you. You can only really get away with that if you're Jen Flash Andrews, I think. Um, they all come and go, and so I get a different every time. And like, my haircut is not rocket science, so I don't care too much who cuts my hair, but. Every time. Oh, do you have kids? No. Oh, why not? Kids are great. You should have kids. I love my kids. Just can I just sit here and just not talk? Can you just my wife's cut my hair and be womb done? is a barren wasteland where seed can find no purchase. <laughs> so, so, Bobby, what you do is you take five dollar bills and you put them on the edge <laughs> of the cutting station. <laughs> oh. Oh, one back in the pocket. Mm-mm. I have standard operating procedure. It's like a it's like a fourteen dollar haircut and a ten dollar tip. And if 
And if it gets really awkward, then it comes down a few dollars. And if it's really great for whatever reason, it goes up a few dollars. But that's it's very generous. Yeah, but I figure I, I have a feeling there are a lot of guys who show up at these places and do not tip well. And so if if I walk in and two or three of them recognize me as the guy who tips well and they want my business, awesome. And oh, it costs yeah. me very little to be that guy. So, uh, yes, uh, Lyft drivers, I just don't care that much. I want. I hope they're having a good day. I'll ask them if they're having a good day, but that's it. Like, I don't want to get into this. Oh, so uh, how long have you been driving for Lyft? Oh, do you like it? You also drive for Uber? Like, cause it's like the same four questions yeah. every time. Mm-hmm. I punish the uh, hairstylist with a bad joke on the way out because I'm just getting my head shaved, you know, usually. And so, like, when I'm on the way out, I'll say to the other customers, I just wanted a trim. Watch out for this one over here. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Meredith, why did we reward that with a laugh? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Farhad Manju uh, disconnected. He unplugged, but he didn't. This is so stupid. This is so how did, bullshit. This is really how did dumb. it get that far down the line? I listened to his follow-up interview with, uh, with On the Media, where Bob Garfield called him back in and said, what the fuck? And yeah. he, he basically just said, well, you know, I tweeted, but I didn't get my news there. And, and he was just dancing. It was stupid. Yep, your silence says words. Um, New Hampshire lottery winner can be anonymous. Eh, fine. Yep. I'm happy Good with that. Good for her. Yeah, Take, yep. doesn't, doesn't seem like what you're signing up for when you buy a lottery ticket. I would totally expect them to plaster my billions and billions of dollar winning mug all over all their advertising right. well, you. And I don't even I don't even think that the advertising angle is the strongest one there it's to uh, keep corruption from getting into the lottery yes right. oh sure somebody won the 500 million dollar jackpot and they want to remain anonymous you know there's especially a lot. with the IRS there's tons of lottery corruption in this country. And so having the owners be visible is the best way to keep things on the yeah. the square. Yeah. This is Because you want to see where your money went, that it actually went to a person, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Because <laughs> you're like, this money keeps disappearing and I never hear who wins or see, see anybody win. After mm-hmm. a while, you're like, are where where is this money yeah and then if it's somebody like if it's near you you'll you'll remember and then in 10 years Uh when you see a documentary about how the lottery ruins people's lives you'll be like ah i remember that person (laughs) cool i'm glad they ended up destroyed pictures on planes anyone do what the flight attendant says yep and nobody gets no yeah right yeah and and also if you're a flight attendant don't be a dick true say um we don't allow pictures and don't make them erase the ones that you know or threaten to turn the thing that. around oh dude just just tell them that no pictures on the phone thank you it's not like That's you it. had a bad fart you don't have to stop the plane <laughs> stop the plane <laughs> but then imagine if this passenger was luke and you've been asked to turn your electronics off and you're like yeah i'm going to sir i really need you to turn your electronics off i'm yeah in just a second i'm going to sir 
turn the goddamn laptop That's off. what I was thinking. There must have been something else going on here for them to react that way. Because that's, that's not a normal reaction to a, somebody taking a picture with a phone these days. Mm-hmm. I think shaming pictures should still be allowed, though. Like, like when people put their feet pictures. inside of your bag? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You gotta, you gotta allow. <laughs> I took a picture photos. of that and send it to you all midair. I remember. Yep. As is your right. As, as is a human. my right as a United States citizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke brought us some song that he got by way of Addy from 1979. Andrew brought us the chiffons "My Block" from 1963. I just wanted to point those years out to let you know that mm-hmm. we're on the cutting edge of music for your weekend. <laughs> <laughs> And Kelsey, listener Kelsey, with Margaret Glasby's Emotions and Math from 2016. Thank you, Kelsey, for bringing up the average year on that list. Um, I assigned all this to me, so we'll just do it real fast. Buy stuff. <laughs> 10710.com slash shop or littleredbandwagon.com. Archive, email Christy. We need you. We really, really need you. Buy stuff. Oh, Christy put out a warning. If you've been sitting on your week for over a year, she's repoing it unless you tell her not to. So get out there. What if archivists. it's five years? <laughs> Is she going to repo my week? She repoed yours ages ago. Yep. Oh, she did. Okay. Uh, Archive project, buy stuff on Amazon, littleredbamagon.com slash Amazon. Uh, Earbuds and earworms, keep listening. I forgot to see what this week's theme was going to be, but keep keep listening. Uh, Find us at littleredbamagon.com, throwyourphone.com for your comments. And thank you for using that, by the way. It's always fun when those come through. In case you didn't know, when you submit something at throwyourphone.com, it automatically gets emailed to all of us, including uh, Phyllis, and we we get to discuss your hot take in real time, so we like it. Uh, the Facebook mm-hmm. page, Little Red Bandwagon, the show Twitter's LRB Podcast, email littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Don't forget the candy survey, which is on the Facebook page. Get us your candy wants and loves so that we can put the brackets together. Voicemails and texts to 802-432-TBTL, that's 802-432-8285. And with that, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. Oh, you gotta tease me, Mookie. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. Good night.
Jen.